What does it mean to be polished? Today, we're going to discuss polishing your presence and tips for a more refined you. Now, there's different types of being polished, and we're going to discuss both types and utilize our Bible for today. I know it's been a little while since we jumped in the book, child. So without further ado, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am so glad you are joining me today, and I do apologize if I sound a little weird. I'm still battling sickness, but before we battle into, before we battle into, like, girl, what? Before we even talk about the polishing our presence, I always have updates for you all. One, I have been down and out and I've been sick. So if you have a little time or any time today in your prayers, please mention me, you all. Like I could not talk my, even right now, I'm in a, a, a lot of pain, actually. I've been going through it with my tonsils and I may have to have them removed. So please pray for me. I just, I don't know how I got like strep throat. I went in to get a physical and I came out two days later with, strep throat that turned into like tonsillitis that turned into like abscesses on my on my tonsils like what what in the world is going on here so it got to the point where I was like damn it if ain't one thing it's another but by his stripes I am healed y'all and I just kindly ask for you to keep me in your prayers and with speaking about prayers don't forget to visit my website you all that will be linked down below where you can submit your own prayer request and of course that will not be on blast or anything it's just that if you, if you want any prayer about anything you can be as vague as you want as detailed as you want your business is not going to be on, out in the streets with me child and then outside of that of course don't forget to download your 20 rules of self-improvement, how to lessen stress and anxiety. It is completely free, costs $0.00. Might as well share with a friend and go ahead and download that. Everything can be found on the website. Now, without further ado, let's jump into one of my favorite books of the Bible. We are going to be jumping into Esther. Actually, no, before we even jump into Esther, we're going to define what it means to be polished. So according to Psych Central, a polished personality refers to someone who is sophisticated, confident, and graceful in most situations. You want to think of adjectives like elegant, refined, put together, brushed up. Polished personalities may come across as poised, very polite, and relaxed in most instances. Of course, life be life in. Being more polished can impact your personality and professional life by setting an example for like your kids or mentees or your cousins, anyone younger, anyone younger than you and anyone also who looks up to you. There are people my age that I look up to that doesn't make it seem like just because they're my age, I can't look up to them or like want to model certain things after them. It can also help you attract other like-minded women. So more faithfully friendships or just faithful friendships or feminine friendships or any type of women that you want to kind of cultivate yourself to. And it also can help you advance your career. So when you think of polish and poise and elegant, refined, put together, I also think of confidence, which is why I did the confident um, episode first. So the second thing we're going to go into when we talk about being polished is a polished look. So your appearance. The first thing before we even get to know anyone, we see their appearance. So the first thing I want to talk about is dressing appropriately for every gathering and for where you are. I understand that I have a lot of 
followers who are younger and I mean I I'm still young okay I'm I'm a teenager in my head <laughs> but I've talked about this on my TikTok with styling tips and I remember someone was saying well I'm still young like I want to show my body off in this that and the other but there comes a time and a place for everything and my mom used to always say there there's always a time and a place for everything not only do you want to dress how you want to be addressed but you also want to make sure that you are appropriately addressed for what you are attending. So for an example, since I do have the girlies that want to show their bodies off and might not be the most modest, I completely understand if you are going to the club, you don't want to show up looking crazy. Let me tell y'all, <laughs> one of the funniest things. So while I was in college, I, I'm from Atlanta and I went to college at Georgia State. And one of my line sisters, she had a birthday party at one of the most popping clubs at the time. The club was called Oak. If you don't know the club, but stay with me. Oak was like, when, think of the, pop, the most popping club that you've ever been to in your lifetime. That was Oak. It was like three floors. It had a, um, I want to say it had a rooftop. Yeah, it was three floors. It had a rooftop. All the popping celebrities were there. It was in the smack dab middle of downtown Atlanta. Off of, I think that was Ivan Allerson, not too far from Centennial Olympic Park. But that was like the it girl spot. You see everybody there. And she decided to have her birthday there. Now, another one of my line sisters who didn't really go out as much still wanted to celebrate, you know, her birthday for her because we're all friends. We're all line sisters. She's like, I don't go to the club, but you want to go to the club for your birthday? Here's what we doing. I'm one of those friends. If my friends want to feed ducks on their birthday. I, dang, I guess we feeding ducks on your birthday. So y'all, we go to the club and I, of course, I showed up late per usual. It's, it, I'm still, God is still working on me with my time management skills, but I show up late and all of a sudden I see my line sister, the one who doesn't go to the club, what she's wearing in the section. And it was completely inappropriate for the club, even though she wasn't dressed inappropriately, it was inappropriate for where we were. And not saying that you have to show your body off or be like totally promiscuous when you're in the club, but she had on this Calvin Klein dress that kind of emulated a Christian, a Christian Seriano dress that he could have made for Michelle Obama or something. Like it was it was giving she was supposed to be on Capitol Hill, maybe lobbying for better health care for the people of the United States. All she was missing was a briefcase, y'all. And I remember just walking up and we all was just laughing. And she's like, what? You know, like, you know, to her, it was nothing. <laughs> but as the time progressed and the night continued, she started to feel uncomfortable and her confidence kind of went down. You've ever been around someone who was not comfortable in what they were wearing and all of a sudden it just seemed like they weren't as confident anymore. So that started to happen to her. And again, she was not dressed inappropriately. It just was not appropriate for what we were doing and where we were at and so because she was so uncomfortable it got to the point where she wanted to leave she wanted to leave she wanted to go change maybe put some jeans on and a top a bodysuit it was just like I feel so uncomfortable because I'm not even dressed how everyone is dressed now that is the reason why I told you that story because I think when I talk about and when people talk about appearance, appearances and looking more polished, people automatically, oh my gosh, I don't want to wear a church dress all the time. I don't want to wear the Calvin Klein inaugural dress 
Like, I still want to be stylish. And you can still be stylish for where you are going, but just make sure you're dressed appropriately. Another example of this can be if you're attending an event and they're saying it's an all-white party or an all-black party and you decide to show up with a totally different color that you were supposed to show up at, that is inappropriate. You are not dressed appropriately for the outing. So polished people who have a polished look and appearance, make sure that, one, they are dressed appropriately for their outing. And two, they follow directions if there are any guidelines for their dressing. Another thing is they make sure that their clothes fit. Now, our bodies, as women, we go through different seasons, okay? The weight may come, the weight may go, the clothes stay the same. I know how it feels. But when you are dressed in something that does not fit, fit you. Not only does it make you appear heavier than what you are, it can also force you to be uncomfortable. And you can see that. People can see you being uncomfortable. Even though you might be like, oh, people not look. People can see. I I can tell when a woman is dressed in something that she's uncomfortable in. And another thing I do want to share, so these are like 19 things that I have written down, so you can write this down or just save this episode and download it, of things that you want to include. So one thing I'm like gearing towards and I'm trying to do, I'm like cleaning out all my stuff on my way in my move to D.C. I cleaned out, I don't know how many trash bags and clothes that I gave away to Goodwill, I gave away to um, the shelter, and I also gave away to Plato's Closet, but... I got down to like no clothes. Like I don't have any clothes. And I was just like, well, okay, I do have clothes. Let me stop there. I talked about that in episode. Let's not say that. But I want to get to a point to where I have this capsule wardrobe so that the things that I'm buying, I can repeatedly, I can wear in different aspects and different areas and accessorize them differently. Because you've ever looked at your closet and you have a ton of clothes, but you feel like you have nothing to wear because most of the things you are buying are not only, well, everything's seasonal, but they're very trendy. They're not made to last or they may be very cheap and they don't last in your closet. So these are 19 things I have written down for your capsule wardrobe so number one is a black jean now when I say a black jean I mean like a black jean with no ribs in it of course you can do like a different variation one with ribs one without ribs but just a plain black jean I feel like every woman needs a black jean in their closet number two is going to be your everyday blue jean like a good pair of quality blue jeans number three is a black mini skirt this can be paired with anything and of course you have different variations of mini skirts but again this is just a capsule wardrobe number four is my favorite personally and it's the satin midi skirt so the midi skirt is something that stops like right below your ankle not below your ankles below your knee or at your kneecaps a satin midi skirt especially if you're able to get a silk midi skirt I know silk is actually very expensive I don't even own a silk skirt my satin skirt is actually from Aritzia okay and I was like this $98 skirt child but it is of good quality and you can wear a satin a black satin midi skirt any time of the year. Number five is going to be the gray track suit. Now, again, there's different variations, but every woman needs a track suit in their closet. Number six is going to be a black unitard. Number seven is going to be a little black dress. Number eight is going to be a black 
crew neck sweater. So of course, these are things that I have written down for fall, winter, um, but most of them are synonymous for any season. But every woman does need a black crew neck sweater in her wardrobe, especially going into these winter months. And now that we've hit November, number nine is going to be a black long coat. Zara has a good long coat that I'm not able to buy, but I'm advertising it to y'all because most of y'all arms are not long. I'm a six foot tall woman. So most of the the jacket, I be having issues with jackets and pants, but Zara has a really cute long coat. Number 10 is going to be the trench coat, which is a closet staple. Now that I'm in Washington, D.C., I see everybody has their stylish trench coats, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just, something about a trench coat just makes you look way put together. Like, you, you can have jeans, a white top, and a trench coat on, and have like some pumps and something, and just look put together. Number 11 is going to be the all-time staple, and that is a black blazer. You can dress that up and dress that down. Number 12 are black sling back heels. So they don't have to be super tall. They don't have to be stiletto. But sling back heels are the staple. They will never, ever go out of style. When I think of one of my favorite movies, The Devil Wears Prada, the first thing that they gave Andy were black sling back heels and black pumps when they said that her style was crappy. <laughs> so number 13 is going to be a black knee-high boot. Does not have to have heels, can be flat, but every woman needs a black knee-high boot. Number 14 is a black long-sleeve fitted shirt. Oh my gosh, y'all, if you don't listen to anything in this podcast episode, listen to this. I done found the cheat code. There's not a store like this where I lived in Atlanta, but when I was living in Barcelona, it was like the biggest thing. Uniqlo, say it with me, Uniqlo. Uniqlo has the best quality of layered clothes and very like everyday clothes. Uniqlo has the best t-shirts. When I say quality t-shirts, I mean quality t-shirts. And Uniqlo's t-shirts I think are $14.95. So I think they're $15. Y'all, oh my gosh. Like I know this is an audio, but I just wish I can like show you all the texture and everything of the shirt. I'll probably do a TikTok or an IG reel of this, but Uniqlo has the best t-shirts. If you have $15 to spare, go online to Uniqlo and order a black and a white shirt and just have that in your wardrobe. The shirt will last you a very long time, even down to the cotton, what they use. It's made in Vietnam. They use 100% cotton. It's very thick as well. And then the, um, the seams of the shirt is just very well constructed. Something like Uniqlo and Gap, you can get a lot of these everyday essentials, but Uniqlo is cheaper than Gap, and they also have a better quality. So a black long-fitted t-shirt can come from Uniqlo, can come from H&M, can from, come from Old Navy, can come from wherever, but look, a quality shirt, yes. Number 15, again, is a black t-shirt. Number 16 is going to be a white t-shirt. And number 17 is going to be a, um, a natural neutral sneaker. I know like the LA girlies and the Washington DC girlies, they love, they're loving the new balance right now, but I mean like a neutral sneaker. You can like dress up and dress down, not necessarily an athleisure sneaker, but a sneaker you can wear to like the office, like a Cole Haan sneaker, uh, like a Kenneth Cole sneaker, that type of sneaker. 
Um, number 19 is going to be a black going out top. So this can be something that is a bodysuit, but it's just kind of, it's more elevated, maybe like an off-the-shoulder situation. Off-the-shoulder shorts for this season are making like the hugest comeback. Like, I'm like, what is going on? I'm seeing off-the-shoulder everything, off-the-shoulder knit dresses, shirts, sweaters, body suits. So something that's a little elevated that you can pair with your jeans and just um, dress up with accessories to go out in. And then number 19 is a black shoulder bag. Now, oh my gosh, Charles and Keith has really good quality bags and their bags are, I want to say under $80. I think most of the bags are around like $60. But even if you want to do a step down from that, if you look on Pretty Little Thing or even, believe it or not, I will say it. I found some back, some stuff on Shein, believe it or not, that is the quality is not the worst. The problem is when you shop on Shein, you always need to look at the details and the fabrics and um, read the description of the product that you are buying. Um, so when it comes to this capsule wardrobe, I just shared with y'all 19 things that if you have these 19 things in your closet, I'm pretty sure some of the things that I've named you already have, but when you start to incorporate these things in your closet, you will always have something to wear. Let me tell you something. Especially that satin midi skirt. You could dress up a satin midi skirt. You could dress down a satin midi skirt. You could pair it with that sweater, that crew neck I told you to get. You could also pair it with a t-shirt and some sneakers. You could put some sling bags on or you're going out top. I'm telling you, y'all. I swear by I swear by the black satin midi skirt. Swear by it. Aritzia has one for $98. And oftentimes, um, sometimes they have a little sale. But usually when they're doing the sale, the black ones don't go on sale. So if you are ever so blessed in God's favorite and find a black one from Aritzia on sale, hang on to that thing, girl, and just go ahead and get it. Now, there are other important things to work on when we talk about being becoming more polished. I talked about the appearance, gave y'all some examples of a capsule wardrobe, but we want to talk about also how we carry ourselves going back to that definition. So your posture and your body language is a huge telltale sign of acknowledging someone who is more polished. After we look at their appearance and what they are wearing, we often see their how they carry themselves, right? Their their poise, their energy, their everyday tactics and things that they do. But I talked about this in the last episode about confidence, just making sure that you have a really good posture when you are entering a room, especially. I see women entering rooms all the time and they enter rooms like they're scared, like they're frigid, like they don't want any attention on them. They have their head hanging down. They're like hunching over. They're in their phone, even though we know that you're not even texting nobody, sis. Like, let's be real. We've all done it. We've all gone on our phones in social situations so we don't feel awkward. So try not to rely on your phone whenever you feel awkward in a social situation and force yourself to talk to people or force yourself to stand there, maybe get a drink, a cocktail, a mocktail, some hors d'oeuvres, whatever you're doing and pour yourself into whatever activity. But stop relying on your phone to get you out of these things of, 
oh, okay, I have social anxiety. You have to break free from that when you want to be more polished, more refined, and more elegant. So your body language, sitting up straight, making sure that your head is up, that your crown is not slipping, making sure that your eyes are looking at where you are going and not towards the floor. You don't want to miss anything. You don't want to miss your Prince Charming. You could meet your husband, girl. If you picked your head up, you might meet your husband. You never know. Um, And also body language when you're sitting down, making sure you're sitting properly in your seat, not with your legs wide open or just like hunched over or sitting the wrong way in the chair. You want to make sure you're facing front. What what they used to say on the school bus? Back to back, bottom to bottom. Yeah, there you go. You want to make sure you face it back to back on your chair and bottom to bottom. The third thing is going to be communication and how polished and elegant people communicate. They clearly articulate their words. They maintain eye contact, which is a huge thing when speaking to people. Growing up, I was not allowed to not look at my parents when they were speaking to me. It was a sign of disrespect. Now I'm now learning that maybe that is a more southern thing in America. I know I have listeners from all over the world, so everyone's customs and social norms may be different, but make sure that you're maintaining eye contact when you're speaking with anyone, especially someone who is older than you, who is an elder, and especially someone who has a position of power. You don't want to seem like you are intimidated by these people because it can also open the door for somebody to take advantage of you if they really wanted to. I talked about this before where some men and master manipulative people like to look at other women's posture and their body language and how they maintain eye contact and how they talk to people. A prime example is this. I'm not sure if anyone here has watched The Bachelorette. It's a good show, shameless plug. It comes on ABC. But The Bachelorette, one of the bachelorettes that just passed, her name was Charity, and she was a beautiful black woman from Georgia. I was rooting for her. I root for everybody black, right? Because I'm, yeah, like, shout out to Issa Rae. But it really bothered me because every time on screen, anytime she was talking to a man or a man was talking to her, she always had her head held down. She was always very timid. She was very light, like light spoken. And I understand that some people speak way lighter than others, but some people, they speak lighter because of the things and the trauma and uh, the trauma that they've been through. That's not necessarily who they are. That's who they've become. And there's a difference between who I've became, who I've be, hold on now. Y'all know what I'm saying. There's a difference between becoming a certain way because of the trials and tribulations in your life and actually being that way. And with her, she was just so timid. She spoke very shyly. And it wasn't until one episode she opened up about being with a partner who was narcissistic, who emotionally abused her. And it made sense because I can tell that she had a lack of confidence. And when it came to some of the men who just dominated over her, who talked down to her, they were easily able to do so because she never looked him in the eye she always had her head held um held down towards the ground and she was always very soft-spoken to where people couldn't hear her it's easy to walk over somebody like that so poised and polished people maintain eye contact and when they have nonverbal communication as well we understand that communication is comprised off of verbal communication and audio like you're listening to me now and also nonverbal cues you can look at someone and tell that they're upset tell that they're uncomfortable and when it gets down to certain people and the things that they do I'm in Washington DC and there's a lot of government workers there's a lot of people that could be in the CIA I don't know but they are trained on reading people's nonverbal communication and their nonverbal body cues. You want to make sure that you 
might want to lean into investing and learning a little bit about or even reading a little bit about nonverbal communication. And maybe down the line, I'll do a podcast episode about that. And the things that people typically do, like when people are telling you something and they're looking to the left a lot, if you are asking them questions and they're looking to the left a lot, that could be a sign that somebody is lying to you. And of course, this is not like 99.9, 100% of the time, but there are things that the human body typically does to show that we are anxious to show that we are lying right and even when it comes down to like lie detector tests and stuff it looks at our heart rates but there's also physical cues and not a dead giveaways that people could be lying to you so things like that and also the proper use of grammar now English is one of the hardest languages like to even learn and English English is my first and only fluent language and I don't even know the grammar has some of the time so um But just make sure that you are trying to, to the best of your knowledge and the best of your ability, using proper grammar. And with this, when you read more, it will also help you with your grammar and will also help you with your vocabulary. So if you're having trouble, especially if English is your second language, picking up on cues and proper grammar when speaking to people and also when writing. Writing, I feel like it's a lot easier because we have things now like Microsoft Word and Grammarly that can correct your grammar and your punctuation and your tenses. But when it comes to speaking to individuals, it can be a lot different. Investing in something like Toastmasters too to help with public speaking would be great. The next thing I have on the list is vocabulary, vocabulary, like I said, and that is boils down to like reading and stuff will help with your vocabulary. Also, you can take a couple of words from a thesaurus or from a dictionary and just practice on those, maybe take five words a week and just learn new words in the English language. Things are always added and taken away, So, and also when it comes to regional information, I'm from the South. So there's certain things that we say that people in the North may not say. There are certain things that we say here in America that people in Europe do not say, especially they might know English, but they might not know, you know, the connotations to certain things um, and the meanings behind different words and everything. So just make sure, if especially if you are well-traveled, that you want to read up on some of the social norms and understand how some of these, how some people speak in that district, in that area. Because I'm telling you, when it comes to me saying like y'all and child and, and stuff like that, some people here are just kind of like, yo, what, what in the world? <laughs> and I'm still in America, so... Um, Moving on, we're going to jump back to appearance again, but this time we're going to talk about appearance as it comes, as it pertains to self-care. And we're going to open up one of my favorite books of Esther. And I don't know, I don't, I have not heard anyone print this out. Well, not print this out, y'all. What in the world? I haven't heard anyone say this out loud pertaining to Esther. I've read this book and seen the movie countless amount of times since I was a young girl. And We're going to talk probably more about Esther, like, I don't know, in the coming months. But for the time being, we're going to go to Esther chapter two. This is the section that has headed the search for a new queen. So right now, basically, let me sum it up. The king is upset at the current queen because the king was drunk. He had a party. He wanted to show off his beautiful queen and he summoned her. And she was like, I don't want to go. No. And so the king is furious because it's like, when you summon a queen, you come back. 
you know, back then. I summoned my queen, you come, you come, you being rebellious. So he asked his adversaries, he asked his court, what should I do about this? Now, I really thought they was going to say kill the girl. So I'm really glad they didn't decide to kill the queen, child. But <laughs> they were like, you know what? Why don't you go get a younger, um, uh, you know, why don't you go get a hot, fresh, young thing and just get another queen to take her place and forget her since she don't want to answer and she don't want to be shown off because there'd probably be a lot of women that would be very happy to be in that position. So that's what he does. And this is what is coming out to the search for a new queen so we're gonna jump all the way down to now growing up I never realized that all of the women that were trying to become queen right because he was on a search for a new queen had to go through a process of these treatments and they kind of skipped over this and I'm like wait a second now the Holy Spirit reveals me there is a process here that polish and elegance and being a godly woman follows a process you have to have upkeep with yourself and so down to verse 9 it says no we're going to actually back it up to verse 8 when the king's command and the attic became public knowledge when many young women were gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's supervision Esther was taken to the palace into supervision of Haggai keeper of women the young women pleased him and gained his favor so that he accelerated the process of the beauty treatments and the special diet that she received. He assigned seven hand-picked female servants for her from the palace and transferred her and her servants to Ham's best quarters. Esther did not reveal her ethnicity or her family background because Mordecai had ordered her not to make them known. Every day, Mordecai took a walk in front of Ham's courtyard to learn how Esther was doing and to see what was happening to her. During the year before each women's each young woman's turn to the king, I don't know how to say the king's name, Asherus, the harem regulation required her to receive beauty treatments with oil of mirth for six months and then with perfume and cosmetics for an additional six months. Is that not interesting that, yes, we see that Esther gains favor with the king and that's how she ultimately becomes queen, right? But before we even get to that point, all of the young women who are I'm trying to appease the king and wanting to become queen, they are having to go through these process, a beauty treatment process for a year. For a year, they're having to have these special oils and mirth and perfume and cosmetic treatments before they're even able to even get to the king and to even become queen. She had to go through a year of beauty treatments. Now, I don't know why the church and nobody ever talk about this. Now, when folks are like, oh, you shouldn't be wearing, I get these like crazy Christians. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, but you're wearing makeup. God said you should be wearing makeup. That's too vain. Next time somebody says something like that to you, you need to shoot back. Esther went through a year of beauty and cosmetic treatment before she had to even become queen. She had to go through this. And so when it comes to being polished and poised, polished people take care of not only their clothing appearance, but also their beauty. Now, what that looks like for you may be different, but keeping up with your hair, making sure that it's combed or put together, it looks like you put some type of effort into it. Also, the way you smell, 
doesn't have to be super heavy perfume all the time, but it could be like maybe some type of soap that you really like. And I understand that everyone has different skin and different, you know, financial stuff going on. But even when it comes to the way your place smells and how your when people, your guests walk through the door and what do they smell? You can put boil some water, some lemon, and some mint, and eucalyptus on the stove and have your place smelling really, really good and heavenly. You can also use some essential oils um, and dilute it down and put that on your skin. Stuff like that, when it comes to beauty treatments and making sure that maybe your lashes you like to do or maybe your nails you like to do, you could do your nails or your own, or maybe it's press ones. Everyone's financial thing is different, but I know that most women have like their own thing. For me, for the most part growing up, it was nails. I don't care what I had going on in my life. My nails were always going to be done. I could have $5 to my name and somehow my nails were going to be done. And that's just what it is. And you might have people bashing that like, well, you need to be worried about X, Y, and Z. But again, when it comes to being polished and upkeeping yourself, it will ultimately advance your position. Now, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. It can really mean just learning how to do your hair on your own with YouTube. I've always said it and I will continue to say it. You have everything you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish at your fingertips right here and right now. And if you don't have the money to have to go to Arrogante or to fly out to the best hairstylist in town, you do have Internet. If you don't have Internet, you have a public library. Let's start there to get onto YouTube to learn how to do your own hair. So make sure that. When you are on this journey of being more refined, you're making sure that your hair is kept up. You're making sure that your skin is looking its best and presentable. Yeah, we all have, you know, our skin be breaking out and doing everything. But when it comes to our skin, everything in our body starts from the inside out and our appearance, right? So your hair, your skin, your nails, how you smell as woman, cosmetics and makeup. Makeup is a huge thing. Now, I don't know. I could never resonate with the girlies who are like, I don't wear makeup. I don't like makeup and they're going to like the club and like events with no makeup on their face. I disagree. I disagree with such because even back, back, back when, when there was like Egyptians and stuff, even the men would wear makeup as a sense of position and power. So you need to put some powder on your face. You put some powder, some mascara. It don't have to be a full beat down, but it needs to at least look like you've gotten ready. You didn't just roll up. And I, I got good skin. I could do whatever. No, it, lo- it needs to look like you got ready to go somewhere, right? So make sure that you're learning how to do your own makeup. Every woman should know how to do their own makeup, point blank, period. Moving on to the last point that I have on being more polished and polishing your presence, we're going to talk about proper etiquette for your environment and your audience. Etiquette is like the number one thing. Oh my gosh, like how I got started on my platform on TikTok was with etiquette and femininity because I realized that there was this, even now I don't see anything um, with black women talking about proper etiquette etiquette and of course different cultures have different stipulations in different countries which is why I said for your environment and your audience but there are three principles of etiquette that I say can be good for across the world around this whole world and the three principles are respect honesty and consideration now when you keep these three things at the forefront of your mind you will be able to blend in anywhere anywhere 
Because when you are traveling across the world, you have to have consideration for other people's norms and their customs and respect that and learn about it and act accordingly. So good manners cost nothing. Greet like greeting people when you're walking into spaces that are not yours. If somebody invited you to a party, invited you to someone's space, home and you don't know them, you greet them. You don't just walk up to someone and only talk to your friend. If it's someone's birthday, you greet the birthday person first. If you're at someone's event, you greet the person who event it is first. Um, unless there's elders in the room, then you greet the elders and then you greet the person whose event is and then you can say hey to anyone else, right? Things like saying thank you whenever someone does anything for you, just acknowledging what they've done to you and just say thank you. This goes a long way, especially in dating as a woman and learning to be a feminine woman. You learn that you have to receive. I am receiving things like so many times throughout the day from men, from random men on the street, receiving compliments from men and from women. And you have to learn to receive these things. And whenever you receive them, you say thank you. Things like not being too loud in public places. There's this old saying that I know some of y'all might disagree with, but I'm telling you it goes a long way. Women should be seen and not heard. I kind of switched it up and say women should be seen before they are heard, (laughs) just so it doesn't sound as bad. But nobody should hear you coming before they see you. Being loud and obnoxious and wanting attention from others so bad that you're being loud and obnoxious in public places is not cute behavior as a woman. It's not cute as a man either. But when I really see women do it, I'm just like, oh my goodness, you should be seen before you are heard. Your presence and your elegance, your appearance, the way you smell should bring attention before you even have to open your mouth, right? And then this third thing I want to talk about, social norms. I'm from the South. How we behave in the South is maybe not like that here in D.C. How they behave in Barcelona is not like how they behave in the United States. So understanding certain social norms for the place that you are going and sometimes I know you don't really you might not understand those norms until you get there but when you get there you kind of observe again being seen before you are heard you kind of observe what's going around you kind of observe what people are doing there and then you act accordingly now this journey will have some challenges and with help Overcoming these things, you might want to focus on your personality or your appearance first and not both simultaneously because when it be, when it, oh my goodness, y'all, <laughs> like, I'm, like my throat is on fire, <laughs> but when it comes down to being a polished person overall, we've talked about everything from your appearance to your self-love upkeep, to your communication style, to your posture, to your proper etiquette. So you might want to focus on one over the other and not on everything at once because it can be a lot to do at once. So save this episode, go back to it. I hope you wrote down the things for the capsule wardrobe. Share this with a friend, visit the website, download your copy of 20 Laws of Self-Improvement, and I will see you in the next episode.